Hi everyone and welcome to Success with Style. I'm Lance Avery Morgan. And I'm Rob Giardinelli. And today we are very fortunate to have the amazing and talented Stephen Webster. Um, who, celebrity jeweler. Celebrity Webster. jeweler at large is what yeah. we're going to call him. So Stephen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. We're here at the Neiman Marcus Private Shopping Salon in Austin. We're surrounded by champagne, bonbons, Chanel, and Stephen Webster jewelry with your personal appearance here. You are, you have quite a few followers on this planet. Okay. Some famous, some not so famous. And you're here today to, to chat about that. And we'd love to find out more about your own personal style. You started early on, didn't you, with designing jewelry? Well, I went to, uh, I went to art school when I was 15 um, to be a fashion designer. Because I thought that I liked fashion and I could draw. Yeah. What else do you need? Right. And, uh, but I, I was... Uh, I was sort of confronted by a room full of sewing machines and, and all girls. And uh, I'd been to an all boys school and, and, and I was like, oh my God, I've made a terrible mistake. But um, I mean, later on I would have loved that, but I wasn't quite prepared for that uh, in any way at 15. But uh, so I, I, I was fortunate that I could sort of take a look around the art school and I discovered jewelry really. I, I mean, I, I kind of knew what it was, but only just. And um, it was much more, for me, this sort of process of, of what was going on, making. It wasn't about designing, it was about making, you know. It's such a sort of physical, quite grubby process. Yeah. And out the end was coming what looked like treasure, you know. And, right. and, and that was it for me. I just thought, this is it, I've got, I've got to do this, you know. So right. rather than design, it was being learning how to be a craftsman. Did your mother have good jewelry, your grandmother, or people in your family or that influenced you? No, I mean... You know, they, they didn't have any money, but, but sort of a generation before, my, my father's father had been a bookie when it was illegal to be a bookie in oh, England. Wow. And he had a 1927 Bugatti. He was really wow. wealthy. He didn't share it around much. But, um, <laughs> but I've got pictures of him and I've got his pocket watch, you know, with that kind of big cigar and a, yeah. uh, the fob chain and the big pocket watch. And uh, But like I said, I don't think he bought my grandma anything. But then he lost it all anyway, because I think in those days it was a gamble, you know, gambling. Literally. <laughs> Literally yeah. a gamble, yeah. yeah. And uh, the police used to come around and take their share every Saturday afternoon sure. until they took it all. Isn't that Including something? the Bucati. Right, so, right. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, that's quite a legacy. Yeah. I love, I love yeah, a man with a past. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, from art school at 15, tell us about the first dollar you ever made and how it, 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 it's influenced how you've built your empire and, you know, in the years since. Well, I was always like a really hard worker you know I, I kind of knew that the only way I was going to get my clothes because you know like I said I was I was really obsessed with fashion from from about 14 I, I was you know I was born in a place called Gravesend which is where Pocahontas died <laughs> oh, oh wow says it all really Gravesend <laughs> and uh, you know not she, she wasn't a cartoon she was a real person right. and um and it's just it's just down the river Thames from London so it was quite an easy journey and so I was uh I had two jobs in a pub. I couldn't surf behind the bar because I was too young, but I would put the bottles out and do the ice and prepare everything and yeah. do that in the, in the evening. In the morning, I had a paper round, and then in the uh, evening, I had a, another paper round, and I'd go, I'd go to the pub. I'd let these three jobs going because then I could save up and just go to London and buy clothes. So I kind of knew, always had that strong kind of work ethic to, 
knowing that was my only way. You know, so. Right. And so that work ethic has served you well in your life because you have created some real masterpieces of jewelry. Thank you. I mean, Thank you. everything that you have created, it's, you know, it's like a, a candy store, certainly with the use of jewels, <laughs> the color jewels and, and the metals. I mean, it's absolutely stunning. And you've, you are, you're sort of, I said earlier, you're the celebrity jeweler. You really are. Celebrities love your work and you've designed for some of the biggest names, boldface names on the planet. Yeah. I mean, I've been very lucky. I, I think when, um, you know, sort of going back a bit to, to those sort of early days and, and, you know, having sort of served my time, if you like, from art school, apprentice, etc., and learning, really learning the craft so that I felt I can make anything, you know, as, as long as it's jewellery. Um, and, and then sort of being equipped to go out and, uh, and, and sort of, uh, you know, earn my way. Mm-hmm. You find that, you know, if you've, if you've got those skills, if you've invested in it, you know, yourself, you're really employable. And, and I think from that, you know, led me to coming to America. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in America, I, I sort of get exposed to things that I would never have done if I was in England. And, you know, so like in 1983 or 84, I was in Santa Barbara designing and making all the jewellery for a store in Santa Barbara. And, and I get a phone call from the front of the house saying, you better come out here. Elizabeth Taylor's just bought one of your rings. I was like, what? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so I phoned my mum. So, so, <laughs> so was the that most the, famous I was going to say, world. yeah. Wow. And was yeah. that like the first major celebrity purchase of one of your pieces? Yeah, it really was. And, and it was such a sort of amazing set of sort of the reasons why she bought it. You know, it was like she has these famous lavender color eyes and it was mm-hmm. a... It was a big cocktail ring that I designed. It was the early 80s and it had a calcedony in it. So it was like mm-hmm. a lavender color, mm-hmm. which is why she bought it. And then the, the ring had um, a rose gold and I'd, I'd hand engraved it with roses and thorns and little diamonds scattered around the thorns and the rose. So it was a bit like a, you know, a th- crown of thorns. Yeah. And then it was a big white gold and rose gold cocktail ring. So it was, it was a, like wow. a proper piece of jewelry. Sure. And then she then commissioned a pair of uh, a bracelet and a pair of earrings to go with it. So it was my first, yes, first brush with celebrity. But what a like. compliment to you because she's known for owning substantial jewelry. Yeah. Known for being given it by substantial yeah, men really at substantial <laughs> prices, right? Yeah. And so for her to find you and discover you on her own is so significant. Well, I think, you know, it's that right place at the right time, isn't it, really? Yep. I mean, yep. you know, the, the, the sort of journey that led me to Santa Barbara was sort of via Canada. It was, you know, it, was, it, 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 it wasn't sort of that I just got on a plane, went there and got off and was in Santa Barbara. Sure. I had sort of worked my way there, if you like. And, and these things just come along. You know, I mean, yeah. when I lived in Canada, the guy that had taken me to Canada, I'd never been on a plane before. And we, we landed in Calgary and it was it was a January and, oh, and it boy. was minus 30 <laughs> and and it was dark. And, and when I woke up in the morning, I was in Banff, Alberta. I thought I'd been kidnapped, you know. And, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and I'm like, what are we going to do here? You know, and anyway, I didn't know much about anything other than jewellery. So he said, oh, trust me, this is like a, you know, and I realised there's a lot of big tourist ski resort, mm-hmm. you know. And so we, we had a good client list. And then... Finally, after three or four years, I'd employed three of the other people I was at art school with. They were now working for me, making the jewellery. You brought them over. I brought them all over. And, uh, and it, it snowed on my birthday, which is August the 13th. And you figure, well, wow. if it can snow on August the 13th, that means it can snow in. And I, I'd kind of, I was done. 
You know what I mean? Sure. I was done with three, sure. three and a half years in, in a basically up a mountain. Mm. And I moved and uh, the guy was sort of very upset and I moved, but, uh, and then I got everything back to England, just set up my workshop, my home again sort of thing. And then he said, um, I've just sold the business, including your friends. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he said, um, um, but I, I've, I'm going to open a new store in Santa Barbara. Will you come back and work for me? I was like, oh God, all right. Well, that sounds, he's not going to snow on my birthday, is right, it? So, right. so we, uh, we ended up, I ended up back there doing what I was doing, which was basically using what he supplied me with. He was like a rock hound, mm -hmm. but a very high end one. So he would travel the world, like Pakistan, Afghanistan, all over Brazil, Africa, getting rocks and just give them to me. And I'd have to do something with them. So, so it was learning it <coughs> on the job like that to be a designer wow. is baptism by fire. You know, you just got to do it. And fortunately, I took to it. And so that led me, I think, to why when you said earlier it's kind of a candy store, it kind of looks a bit like that because I don't want to be confined to... You know, just being a diamonds or sapphires, I like savorites and tanzanites and alexandrites, anything that's juicy. So, yeah. Do you think that's part of your success is your how well you relate to color and, and your clientele relating to you relating to color? Yeah. I suppose you, you have a sense of what may or may not work together, you know. And I, and I think, you know, at different times I've done some combinations that are purposefully gaudy. You know, because you can. <laughs> well, yeah. you can, and sometimes the times call for it. You know, you know you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I did this, I took my head designer to one of my really sort of long-term German stone cutters, and uh, she'd never been before. And I said, right, let's have a look in the back of the safe. You know, and he's like, German, you know, dusting stuff off, <laughs> bringing stuff out. I said, right, I want that and that and that and that. And he's like looking at me. I said, look, I'm going to make this necklace that I'd already designed, but I want it, I'm going to call it Magnifezant. And it's going to look like the plumage of a pheasant, which has got every colour you can think thrown at it, you know? And so we're going to recreate it in gems. And we did. And it was spectacular because it was a plumage of like a pheasant. And of course, it just got so much attention. Yeah. Because the times it was, it was sort of, just about four years ago, and you think about the fashions now with Gucci and everything, right, and they've sure. thrown away the rule book. You go, right, well, what, it, you know, patterns that shouldn't work together are yeah. together, colors that don't, and that's right. the style. And this necklace was a bit like that. How fantastic. So how much do fashion trends affect the way you design your jewelry? I mean, the, the real core of, of what we do, not massively, because I think, we kind of feel that we know where where people come to us. You know, what, what do they come to us for? And, but, but you do, of course, see, you know, these sort of trends that, let's say, for example, um, maybe five or six years ago, when, when, a, when a hand started to be much more of a canvas for, for where a ring could be than, mm -hmm. than it being on a ring finger or an index finger. It started to be, right. it could be any combination of first knuckle, second, long, sure. all long rings. You've got to be aware of all those things. And sometimes you can't be part of the start of that, mm -hmm. you know. And, and it's the same with, you know, an earring now. You know, my, my daughter is now working with us and she's 27. And she's like very stylish. And, you know, she sort of talks about the curation of, of her ear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whereas, what you know, when I, when I was a, 
I was, I had both my ears pierced, which was already quite unusual for a guy. It was like, you know, and that, that was enough. But now <laughs> she'll have about 15 in and there. So, you know, it doesn't, it's not that I feel I've got to be doing all of that, but I suppose you just keep your eye on things. Yeah. And, and, and things like gold colours mm-hmm. go in trends, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. the, some time ago, you know, I personally, as our brand, we couldn't give away yellow gold, and yet I'd cut my teeth on yellow gold. Everything yeah. was yellow gold. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you sort of see that this is now changing. There's black gold, this white gold, rose gold's come back, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then yellow gold's all back. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're things that you could you can sort of resist completely or just go, well, you know what, well, I love gold. It doesn't matter to me that right. much what colour it is. Right. You know? I mean, I, to be honest, my preference is yellow gold because it's lovely to work with. Okay. But that's sort of it, you know. So if things go in and out of style like that, and certainly faster now, the trends change and certainly social media has played an impact with that, how do you keep up or do you just follow your own light and vision and... Well, I, I think, you know, what I'm, I feel, you know, partly in some ways responsible, not exclusively, but part of a, of a movement where, you know, fine jewellery kind of broke out of itself, you know, and you, there was very, very few, you know, um, sort of places where you could go and look at jewellery and see really creative jewelry. I'm not saying there was none, but it was they were more difficult, you know, because the jewelers was was not where you went to see that. Yeah. And so, you know, way back when I was really, I suppose, kind of frustrated in some ways by by an industry that felt like it was stifling, you know, mm-hmm. and you think, right, I'm 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 just going to do what I want to do. I mean, the one thing I know is I can make it really well. So, so I might as well give it some attitude, you know. And I started to apply the things that I really enjoyed. So I started making like my rock star rings and my sex and drugs and rock and roll rings and all the things that became iconic. Yeah. And, and, you know, you get like a pushback and, and you don't know where you're going to even put it. And then, then that's what makes you famous. Mm-hmm. You, you sort right. of find suddenly somewhere along the line, somebody's heard something and then everybody wants that. And, and then, the, then the retailer scrambles to come to stock you. Right. And I think we experienced that, you know, over 20 years ago. Yeah. And so I've, I, I now feel that, you know, there's, real, there's room and, and a, a place for much more creativity in jewellery. Mm-hmm. So if somebody comes along now, you know, I mean, I have a mentoring program that I've run for about eight years and I've seen some fantastic jewellers come through, you know, who are now like the stars and I can already tell them where to go. You know, not, not like, all oh, right, where do we go now? It's a bit right now. You can go to that, you know, the, this is where you belong sort mm-hmm. of thing as a guidance. And, uh, and of course, that's what there is, is many opportunities with, and, and that pushes fine jewellery much more into a wardrobe Right. Sorry, that was long-winded into your question mm-hmm. of no, it's, it's got to work with fashion yeah. um, rather than me sort of feeling that I've got to be, you know, bang on trend all the time. It's mm-hmm. not so much that, but you just got to be aware of what people are wearing, how they're wearing it. If things are a bit more casual, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you yeah. can't be all so structured, it's, it's that sort of trend more than anything. And so, you know, you designed really the spectrum of fashion icons or you designed jewelry for the fabs spectrum of fashion icons, starting with Liz Taylor and, you know, designing for, you know, Madonna's wedding rings when she was married to Guy Ritchie. 
what is a common theme, because those two women kind of define their eras, what's a common theme you see between kind of the, the old school Hollywood and kind of a more new modern rock and roll? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I think uh, <laughs> there was layers then, and I suppose there's layers now. I, I think because of the two people you've mentioned, you know, these sort of like total kind of possibly in their moment, the most famous women, you know, in entertainment. Um, mm -hmm. and, and you'll have that today, you know, I mean, you'll have that from a Beyonce, you know, or a Lady Gaga or Rihanna or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you look at what they're, you know, they're, they're Hollywood, aren't they? I mean, they are. And they they're exactly the they same as, they as, as they were back then. You know, they're as glamorous. They, they look great. They love jewellery. Um, and then I think you've got probably now, you know, a different influences on people that are not necessarily always that one icon mm -hmm. you know they're very important but you know obviously you've got things like the kardashians and so you go well all right within that family there's a lot of you know power as to what people are wearing and i suppose that kind of thing didn't really exist before right not really you couldn't no. you couldn't sort of put your finger on it quite mm -hmm. the same and um you know and and and, and of course to be part of it can cost a fortune. Yeah, <laughs> I think because yeah, because sure. that's their job. That's right. You know, it's it's not like like one of the guys that, that um, Fernando Giorg, He's I think he's like the best sort of fashion forward uh, jewelry designer, young generation at the moment. And you know, um, he recently, again, you know, right place, right time. He had some jewelry right next to where Beyonce and Jay Z are building their new recording studio in LA. And uh, they came in, and she just bought some of his earrings. They're amazing. They look great, and and so that is the same mm -hmm. as Elizabeth Taylor buying my yeah. ring in 1983 or four. You know, it, it's it's um, only you can spread the word a lot better. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he may have phoned his mum, but I only had my mum to phone. I, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't put it out on a social or anything. So uh, that's the difference. The power of it is probably a lot. Very instant, you know. And you had mentioned mentoring earlier how important is that to you and your career and your life to give back and to really bring the next generation up yeah i mean it, it's become part of, of what we are now and i think you know i was very fortunate i got an, an mbe from prince charles for my my basically my training skills and to teach, you know mentoring and stuff and, and i think it's you know so that's really great for me personally my family and our business and um so if you get recognized for that um it's, it's a massive positive. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think, you know, that's sort of as the result of starting something that I think probably was quite unusual for people to do because I'm sort of taking on board what's going to be my competitors right. uh, in the future. Right. But I never really looked at it like that. But there's room for everyone. Yeah, there's room for everyone. And, and what happened was uh, the first time I took my, it's called Rock Vault, mm -hmm. and I do it with the British Fashion Council, and, and, uh, and I took them all to Vegas. And I sort of basically, <laughs> I basically paid for everything. And, and everybody was telling me, what, are you an idiot? What are you doing? I mean, these guys, they're, they're here under your thing and they're all amazing. I right. go, well, you know, that's okay. Yeah. Well, what happened was that just came back as just one huge positive for us. And so it's really great to watch someone, you know, just to be able to give someone a hand through your I mean, I've been 42 years of jeweler now, so I'm quite secure in where we sit. Mm -hmm. And I'm certainly not worried about the next one because they're all going to come anyway. Yeah. And, and so what you might as well do is be part of their success. Right. Because they never forget it. Right. And so, you know, that's how I look at it. 
and and you know, like I say, it's going to happen anyway. So yeah. you just give them a helping hand, and it, and it, it sort of comes back. There's nothing. Ne- there's no downsides, to be honest. Not really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So speaking of you know the open hand for others, I know that one of one of your latest collections is the Last Straw Collection, where you're partnering with the Plastic Oceans Foundation. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate a little bit on that and how that partnership came to be? Yeah, I, it was a funny thing because I was I watched the Plastic Oceans and it's so awful, uh, the, yeah. the documentary. Yeah. And um, and I've I've like. I've got one of these things where I need to be by the sea. And I think it's because I was born in an island, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I need to be by the edge. And I, I literally live on the edge of the White Cliffs of Dover, right? It's really on the edge. Right. And, um, and, and I've been very easily able to find inspiration by from the sea. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it's, it's, you know, someone will look at the sea and get something out of it and, or a mountain or whatever. For me, it's the sea. Yeah. And then it's sort of fantasy that I can pull out mm-hmm. not not you know it's not mm-hmm. sort of anything direct but it's all to do with the the ocean and so you see some of that interesting these you know this is appalling and and the big thing was these plastic straws and I I just felt the last straw that sounds like you're angry mm-hmm. and that would be such a cool thing to make <laughs> your last straw <laughs> yes and I was actually skiing and I had a bunch of friends around me and I said, I'm going to make this last straw and it's going to have your name on it and then the last straw. And everyone then went, I'll have one. Yes, please. <laughs> right, they all said, oh. so that was my market research and, uh, and sure enough, everybody did. So we, we, we get through a lot of silver tube, that's for sure. And so you, <laughs> you, you, it's just such a great gift because people have their, you know, they put their name on it and then it says, you know, so it would be Lance's last straw. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's all hallmarks made in England. You know, it's a straw length. And we make, it comes in a little pouch. I, I mainly see women carrying them around because I've got a handbag, but mm-hmm. a guy can carry it Go easily. Oh, yeah, sure. And uh, I've got families buying them for every member of the family. Hotels where the water's important to them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in the Maldives and different, they're buying them and giving them to their VI, their, you know, their top clients oh, with their yeah. name on already. Right. So like when Love you go in the suite and, you know, it says welcome with your name on the TV and the yeah. note paper, they'll have a straw. Yeah. And this is the last straw you'll use the last here, straw. Right? And, and I think it's, wow. it just took off in such a way that we weren't expecting, but it's, again, it's something, because I donate every single straw, there's a donation made to the Plastic Oceans, they're over the moon, mm-hmm. and it's it's just the right message. It was a lot of things kind of came together out of something that was quite a spontaneous sort of thought. But um, one of the exciting things is the first city in America to ban plastic straws is Seattle. Right. And I'm doing a Last Straws cocktail party in Seattle in three weeks. Oh, fine. So they want me to do it, which is brilliant. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it take, it's taken on a life of its own. It's got a life of its own. As have yeah. the legend of your jewelry. I mean, you're sought out by collectors. Let me ask you a, a quick question about the young collector, the young jewelry wearer, the millennial and, and younger. Who is that buyer? Is he or she buying? Are they being bought for? Are the tastes very different from their parents? And how does that, how do you keep up with all that? Well, you know, I've got two daughters who one's 27, so she's like millennial, and then the other one's like Generation X or Y or something. Mm-hmm. I don't yes. know. She's 19. Young Y. Why? Why? And they're so different. Yeah. Like they're oh. they're the, you know, they're super close, yeah. but they're just so different because yeah. one fits into that category and the other because things things change very quickly. Sure. But I think for the young one. Oh my God, she'll do anything to get hands on a bit of jewellery. I mean, she's got a ring on every finger. Most of them stolen out of her mother's jewellery box. <laughs> um, they're on loan. Uh-huh. But she also loves, 
if she's got a piece that's been made or bought for her, you know, and yeah. not, and it's not, I'm not spoiling her. She just loves jewelry. Sure. And you love and, that and she it, loves jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so great. I see it. She's like, literally it's on every finger and her thumbs and then the several earrings like my other daughter, but right. it's, it, it serves, you know, it's in their lives and, and it's not just because they're jewelers daughters. I, it's part of a look. Mm-hmm. And I think um, last year or so, there was a guy came into my store. He's a big skater guy. He was skating for Supreme and mm. he was 19. <laughs> but he'd done all right for himself because yeah. he, you know, by being paid and he's becoming right. this big influencer and, uh, and he had a ring on every finger. And then some were mine and I said, wow, that's cool. Mm. He said, well, it's, you know, mainly I buy vintage, but your jewelry kind of works. I could have taken that as an insult, but I didn't. I think it's a compliment. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. It was, it was a compliment. <laughs> said it's all works because it's got loads of detail. Right. So I said, oh, that's cool. Anyway, I was chatting away, chatting, and I realized, then I, I mentioned his name to, I think, probably my daughter, and they went, oh my God, Blondie McCoy, he's like a massive, you know, he, he sort of says he's going to sell some of his clothes, and the lineup goes all the way through Soho in London, you know, wow. to get something from him. Yeah. So... I said to him, why don't we do collaboration? And he was like blown away, you know, because they all collaborate so on everything, you know, in mm-hmm. that world. So, oh, yeah. so I said, well, what we do is start my, my archive, go down my archive, we'll get it out, have a look at it. So it went right back to the 70s and he picked out things I'd never have picked out. And of course, everything I picked out, I had a story about. So it, we just made this collection. And um, so we, we sort of took the spirit of everything mm-hmm. that I'd, and he's, he, he skates in London. There's the most famous skating park is under a sort of a, a brutalist building on the South mm-hmm. Bank, mm-hmm. Um, right by the River Thames. Okay. And I was born on the River Thames, right. where Pocahontas died. Right, right. And uh, so, so this whole thing had a really great story to yeah. it. And so we launched this Thames by Stephen Webster. And um, Again, it water. was a huge water. hit. Yeah. with a load of kids who were too young wow. to get it. But of course, their parents are like, oh my God, you know, what's his name? Tommy wants one of your rings or, or that razor blade <laughs> earring for, right. for Christmas. Yeah, so, all right. So we, we kind of made it as affordable as we could. Right. But what it did show me was the right kind of collaboration, mm-hmm. which everybody needs, why all the brands want to collaborate with these. In fact, now he's collaborating with Adidas, Burberry, God knows what. But um, you need that. Yeah, and then but you're able to be kind of bang on trend because because mm-hmm. the archive was my archive. Yeah, he picked things I wouldn't have picked. What's old is new again. But that's why you have the collaboration. You know, he's not he's 21 yeah. now, but right. you know he was 19 at the time. So, yeah. Well, you say that every every piece of jewelry has a story, and I think that anyone who has a significant piece of jewelry can attest to that. And I can't help but to notice on your ring, the ring on your on your right hand, that is magnificent. Do you have a story about that? Yeah, I, it's of course I do. There's like, it's so, it's just this I used to go to Japan of, a lot for work and I just fell in love with everything about Japan. In fact, I used to get up at four o'clock in the morning, at least once when I was there, to go to the fish market to to see that, you know, because it's just crazy. A lot of characters there. 50,000 people work wow. in the fish. They've just moved to a modern place, but it won't be the same now. Yeah. But um, anyway, this this is a kabuki mask. And um, oh, I see that now. Oh, yeah. And it, you know, oh, the old yeah. Japanese kabuki, which is torturous wow. to a, a Westerner, you, mm-hmm. you never understand that one. But, right. but like the theater where we've got comedy and tragedy masks, the, yeah. the kabuki has a, two angry guys. Mm-hmm. One's got 
One's bald and one's hairy. Right. <laughs> but they're yeah. both angry. So I kind of made him <laughs> angry. It's a hybrid. <laughs> with his ruby eyes. And uh, So it's... Um, for our folks listening, it is the most beautiful goal I've ever seen. These <laughs> incredible diamonds. Wow. And so intricate. I, I mean, it. so unbelievably I intricate. intricate. I yeah. made it myself. Incredible. Uh, about 20-something years ago. Wow. So the story, that's the story of how it is. And then one of my great friends who is Simon Le Bon from Duran Duran. Yes, yes, yes. He loves it so much. And then his wife bought him one. He was 62 weeks ago, actually, but for his 50th. So 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. She, and so he has one. And my hairdresser. So we are the three. How <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, so um, it's wow. quite funny. It's like a very exclusive club. It is. Yeah. A jewelry designer, a rock star, and a, a hairdresser. Well, and how so long great. does it take to make a piece that's that intricate? Well, the carving is is the bit that takes the time. And that might take, you know, it could be uh, four or five days maybe, you know, okay. something like that. Yeah. And then... Because it's a real Scott. I mean, it's mm-hmm. difficult on a podcast, sure. but you, you know, take a look. I'll put it near the microphone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very sculptural, yeah. and so that's that's the bit that's the real, you know, like I, I, I say, skill. It, it does because you can't. If you, you could make jewelry, but not mm-hmm. be able to do that. Do you, do you know what I mean? Because yeah, this absolutely. is like a sculptural. But a lot of my work is a bit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to be able to, to be able to understand something that's you know figurative. Absolutely. As much as something that's technically complicated, right? And then, you know, and then um, the, the the next part of that is basically turning it into gold, so casting mm-hmm. it from wax into gold, and then, and then applying all the detail, yeah. uh, meaning the diamonds, the rubies, the mm-hmm. you know all those. So they, they all need skills, but but on that particular piece, the the, the longest process is the carving of mm-hmm. it. Wow! Wow! That's incredible. And, you know, when you do collaborate, because you were talking about collaborating being, you know, a really important part of your business, when you're collaborating with an icon of style or fashion, you know, it's everyone's on the top of their game. You're on the top of your game. They're on the top of their game. What is what is your piece of advice or secret to being so successful with so many different types of fashion and cultural icons? And doing successful collaboration. Yeah, I, I suppose you know. Look, no, no one could, should do something that's that feels that it's not authentic. Mm-hmm. I, I feel you in know, anything in life. In anything. Yeah. And I, and I think if you go into something like that, you know, if you're not, I mean, even with this young guy, it mm-hmm. was, you know, the FT, the Financial Times, wrote a yeah. big piece about it because it was totally a business. Um, of business interest. Yeah. Why is this older guy, jeweler, with this 20-year-old? And then, but of course, in the article, everything came out of why, from why I'm telling you what, where it came from, right. what, what it was. And yeah. so the story was like, oh, okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. sense yeah. And it's a good business move. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't do it for, you know, sort of like part of my mentoring program. It was, yeah. it was, a, it was a collection. Right. And I, I think, you know, as long as it feels right, I mean, the, the biggest collaborations I've done, um, yeah, I mean, I did one with the artist Tracy Emin, which we, which we still run. And Tracy, I've known, I went to the same art school. Yeah. So, you know, we've known each other best part of 40 years. And, and um, you know, she's one of my closest friends. And, and when I opened my store in, in LA, she gave me one of her neons, which said, I promise to love you. And she said, wow. I think this belongs in the jewellery store because that's where people give things and say I promise I was oh my god that's amazing and it is a phenomenal thing because you sort of go in and you go wow it's in a big heart and it's a neon it just isn't right I promise to love you and and so I'd kind of been looking at it for about three years I thought that has got to be a collection 
because yeah. it just sounds like it's so great. It should be, you know. Yeah. So I said, look, Tracy, I know she's hugely like, you know, everything is is got to come out of her as an artist. She never do anything for money. I mean, she's made herself very wealthy, but that's because that's what she should that's be. Her. Yeah. So I said, let me have a go. She went, okay. You know, I'd only let you do it. I said, yeah, okay, it's fine. I'll do it. <laughs> and and I, I another year later, I sort of turned up with a book of designs and she started crying. I was like, oh, well, that's good or bad. I don't know. And it, and it was because she could just see how her work was going to be in jewelry. She loves right. jewelry. She right. loves gold. She's her father so it's was color, Turkish. So it's a perfect right. match. And uh, she like, yeah. And so she just was blown away. So, you know, though, again, that was such a great, authentic collaboration. Mm -hmm. And what it does, I suppose, you you if you collaborate, you want to sort of get a window and access into something that's difficult for you to just do on your own. Yep. Otherwise, why why collaborate? You know, right. it's got to bring something sure. else. So you get the attention, mm -hmm. that's one, and then the 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 fifty percent that's not you is mm -hmm. got to sort of appeal, I suppose, differently. Yeah. So even though the jewelry I made. It was saying things emotionally and and that I wouldn't say. Yeah. Did you know what I mean? Right, she absolutely. said that. I looked at it. Then that's jewelry. Mm -hmm. I'll make. I can make this into jewelry. Mm -hmm. And and so that's like a a, a good collaboration. I think um, yeah. for me, it, that's that works for me. And and I mean, I've got a couple of things on the go at the moment that <clears throat> would they'll be completely different because I don't want to just keep. I'm looking for artists. So I'm looking for skaters. Right. Something that it, you know feels again. Or I'm looking for Pocahontas. Be, it yes, could be. Too, yeah. yeah, I'm looking for Pocahontas. But um, yeah, so I, I suppose it's and it's quite good to just do something every you know like a couple two or three years or something like that yeah. just do it keep it know. fresh keep it excited yeah, yeah. and it invigorates yeah. your own creativity. i was gonna say it imagine. probably has to yeah, yeah, elevate totally, your yeah. artistry too and 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 to be honest it's like my team and i find it really easy because you've got this sort of massive sort of other thing to pull on so so you know you can kind of either use your own icon uh, archive which was you know the, that one and then with tracy you've got a body of work mm -hmm. you know so so you you're, you when you just start from scratch which, which is what we always do yeah. there's moments in there where you know you sort of you might struggle a bit or, or you might you know you sort of you, everything's down to you mm -hmm. in the end you've got to pull it out right. and, and but when you collaborate with someone you've just got this sort of jump start yeah Wow. Well, it sounds like you've, you're, there's no end to your jump starting. <laughs> At all. Well, my latest thing is my homeware, which is really exciting. So tell us a little bit more about you, that. Can you reveal anything about that? <laughs> well, there's some downstairs. I've only bought some, uh, I bought the cock and ball, which is a carving knife set. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that, to be honest, is the closest thing to my ring here. Oh, cool. It's, uh, I made, I made, um, I had a Scottish friend who's, become very wealthy and uh, so he bought a castle in Scotland because that's what you do and, <laughs> and with it he, need, he needed all the gear so the kilt the gear of his own tartan actually he had he had a leather kilt made because there's a guy called Howie who's in uh, in Edinburgh who makes like basically all the Hollywood lot who think they've got sure, Scottish roots sure. you know they right. all get their kilts <laughs> made by him so and then he went he said I want the most rock and roll ski and do and that's the dagger they keep down yeah. their sock so I said, okay, well, that's me. So um, I made this rock and roll skin. So I did, I did a ram skull because I felt like that felt like something from the Highlands, you know. And then I did black diamonds, stingray skin. And then I had to make a blade because it was a knife, you know. And so 
I started to look into this Damascus again. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like from a Japanese. I'd yeah. seen it with the samurai swords, and and I found someone to work with on the blade, and I and I called this thing the Scottish Beast because um, on the, the Queen's uh, coat of arms, there's a unicorn and a lion, mm-hmm. and the unicorn is represents Scotland, and it's tethered, and it's called the Scottish Beast, right? So it's sort of like how symbolic. It's, it's yeah, right. exactly, because they're always trouble yeah. they still are <laughs> and uh so so i thought the scottish beast so i wrote the scottish beast around it and yeah. he's like oh my god he said that's amazing you know yeah. so i just had this idea i'd really enjoyed making the blade with this uh, blade maker and so i i thought i'm going to make the beasts yeah. i'm going to make a set of carving right. knives called the beasts and they're going to be all wow. sculptures in bronze of all the animals we eat and then I made a courgette for vegetarians. So we got all, oh. all the animals and, a, and the vegan knife. <laughs> so they come in a set of seven um, or a carving set. And that led me then into now where we're about to show in Design Miami in, in two weeks in Art Basel as, as Stephen Webster, not a jeweler. How fantastic. So wow. I'm really excited about it. Well, it's, it's still a, art, though. Yeah, Certainly it, yeah no, it's really arty. And, and, and people I, who love art. Yeah, and I'm doing barware and, yeah, you know, well, but all in my style. Everything's wow. very sculptural. Yeah. It's, I think, you know, the knives, I know people have proudly put them out because they've mm-hmm. got these bronze right. animals. Yeah. Um, so they're quite different. Could yeah. be a centerpiece, even. Absolutely. Grab yeah. an eye from the middle of the table. And, oh, I know. Yeah. And well, <laughs> I, I've just made a, a set for someone who will remain anonymous, but... Uh, who uh, I've called them the King's Beasts. and I'm um, sure George Clooney will love that. <laughs> yes, he will. It's called the King's Beasts, <laughs> and they are all solid silver and gem set. Oh, my gosh. And they are $140,000. Wow. <laughs> a Mark Clooney will but, really love that. Yes. Yeah. But you know what? In a scheme of artwork and everything, you go, yeah, well, you know what? what you want gems all over it. It's always right. going to cost well, you. But yeah. they're, all, they're all unique. Right. And they're inspired by these statues that are in Hampton Court Gardens that were given to Henry VIII, right. you know, in the 16th yeah. century. So wow. they're pretty cool. Griffins, dragons, a greyhound, which yeah. is quite interesting, right. lions, leopard. Yeah. So all these as knife handles. Well, and I love that blades. you always have your British roots attached yeah, well, to I, what you I do. Tried you to can't do run away from bit. it, can you? No. <laughs> Even in L.A. where you're, where you're based. Well, no, I'm not. I'm based in London. Oh, you are based yeah, in London. Yeah, you're okay, back there great, now. Great, yeah, great. yeah, awesome. No, I I only lived in Santa Barbara. F- uh, I moved back to London in 1989. Okay, but I come here all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I have a home in Miami. Okay, but that's um, just you know because quite recently by the water, I would imagine. Right on the water. Right on the water. On Biscayne awesome. Bay. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, and well, and you were talking about partnerships earlier. I know we're here at Neiman Marcus today. When on the other side of collaboration is partnering with retailers to really help yeah. you know get your product you know get your product into the right hands. What makes a, you know what has made your partnership with Neiman and other retailers successful? Well, my you know I've got a very uh, you know very uh, strong affection to towards Neiman's because you know when I was just sort of like not knowing which way was up. Um, a guy, Tim Braun, who actually is, is the general manager of um, in the, the uh, Scottsdale okay. store, but he was then the buyer for the jewellery, and, and he just looked at my stuff and he said, okay, I like that. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know what that meant. Other, he walked away, you know, right. and I was so, right. I sort of followed him to Dallas. <laughs> and um, and I, you know, I made an appointment and I went there as cheaply as I could and uh, showed him again. <laughs> 
and he and he was laughing because quite a funny story. It was Valentine's weekend, and I'd gone on the Friday to get the cheapest flight, so um, I stayed till Monday. So I'd Sorry. I'd been I'd stayed in um, in Dallas, a town I'd never been in my life on Valentine's night, which is a really weird night to be in a place anywhere, anywhere. that you've never anywhere. been anywhere. on, on your own. Right. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and I was staying in a hotel that was so run down. That it's it's actually now been refurbed. It's called the Dallas Grand. Of course, it, yes. It yes. was anything yeah. but grand. But grand. Okay. Not even I, good. To me, I <laughs> yeah. checked in. I thought I was in The Shining. Yeah. And and, uh, yeah. and I'm there, and I'm, I'm sort of sad. It was a Friday night. I've got there. I've got nothing. I don't know anyone. I, I've got. I want to go out. I've got yeah. to go out. Right. So I took the ceiling tiles out in the bathroom. I put my jewelry. I only had two rolls of jewelry, but I put them up there and for put, security. Put the ceiling tiles. Because the hotel back. didn't have a vault. I wasn't going to trust anything gotcha, there. Right. I'm gotcha. telling you. <laughs> gotcha. And uh, so I went out, and of course, I'm telling them this story on the Monday. They said, You've been here that long? I said, Yeah, well, I just needed to get a cheap yeah, flight. Right. Anyway, I think that <laughs> broke, broke the ice, and they took everything and sold it all so quick. And that just started a kind of a, an incredible trajectory of, of, of business with them. Because right. it was the right thing for them, you know. It was, it was again, it was giving them that thing that was just a bit more edgy more than anything they which had. They've always looked for. In well, yeah, I mean, they've they've had lots of great designers. Mm-hmm. It was that moment. My edge was was what was making me different, right? And I think that was everything. And so we we established this very strong relationship. And we we over the years we've done loads of sort of collaborative things, mm-hmm. projects together, yeah. you know. Um, Special pieces. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I mean, comp- loads and loads of bespoke work, mm-hmm. loads, you know, mm-hmm. which I love doing because I, I usually get really close to my big buyers. Right. You have to. You yeah, can't be like, oh, I'm right. not, you know, you, you know, there's the store and me and them. You've you got to be, you got to know more about because right. you get more out of them. Sure, right. You know, and, sure. and, um, and that's a fact. So Neiman's a very sort of um, responsive to that. Yeah. And so I, I think it's been a great partnership. Well, congratulations on all your Thank success. You. I have a feeling it's not even remotely over <laughs> or near being over with all the creativity that you're going to continue to share with the planet. And any other questions? I, I would say one, one, one final question. We always like to, you know, allow, allow our guests to really speak to young, our younger audience out there. What's a piece of advice you would give to somebody who is just now entering into the, into the cr- creative world, the design yeah. world, the jewelry world? Yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously I've said I worked really hard. I think that's, that's number one, work yeah. really hard. And I, and I think, you know, these things all sound like cliches, but you've got to kind of believe in, in what you're doing. And, and because it's certainly at different times, I think I could have easily have just thought, there isn't a place for me. Yeah. Not not the way I want it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 if I couldn't have done that, I don't know if I'd have stayed in the industry. You know, I, I was good at making jewelry, but it felt like you just keep having to make the same thing kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And sure. I I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So you gotta, you know, sort of get get where your 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 niche is if you like and right. sort of stick with it because you know, it'll pay off. Sort you know, of with a, the hard work. Sort of do what you love and the money will follow, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, theory. you know, I suppose it's a bit like I, I never did any of it for money yeah. at the time. Right. Nothing, because I would have probably done something differently. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you, mm-hmm. if you're sticking yes. at something that enough people are telling you that no one's going to want, sure. that means you're doing it because you're just determined. Right. And, and you're not thinking this is going to make me a fortune. Right. You, you just want to do it. And, and I suppose that's that's what 
get, got me to, to this place. Now, of course, you know, we have a business and everybody, I've got lots of families I'm responsible for in my business. I mean, yeah. we've always got like five women on maternity leave. So there's lots of little Websters out there. Don't Nothing drink the water. Stephen Webster Jewelry. No, because... don't. It's the third floor. It's <laughs> the, the third, third floor. floor. Okay, we call it, it the curse really? of the third floor. Wow. And this is very, very funny because my management director is, who's recently had two babies herself. She just says, oh, and by the way, because I'm, I'm traveling, she says, uh, the curse of the third floor, the third floor struck again. I go, what? <laughs> she said, head of marketing's pregnant. I said, for God's sake, get my daughter off of that third floor because she's she's on the third that's floor. Right. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Like <laughs> that's any a, father would yeah, say. It's so crazy because oh, it's all women. Awesome. Well, actually, yeah. it's all women and this one guy. And I, I'm always kidding yeah. about the one guy. Right, right, you know? right. And he's, uh, anyway, it's quite funny. <laughs> awesome. The f infamous third floor. Yes, it third is. Floor. And, yeah. and I think on that note, the infamous third floor, I think that's a perfect place to jump off. And Stephen, thank you again for your time today. You really are a legend in, in the jewelry world. And what you've contributed artistry-wise has really been incredible over the decades. Thank you both. We're glad much. to know you. And thank you for joining Success with Style. I'm Lance Avery Morgan. And I'm Rob Giardinelli. And we're reminding you that great style simply starts by having a unique point of view. Have a great day. Bye, y'all. Yeah.